God, the word of God is so important, and we thank God for his word tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42, the Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common. And sold their possessions of good, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And verse 46 says, And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Also, I'm going to ask you to go down to the 16th chapter of the same book of Acts. Amen. Verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, And as they went through the cities, they delivered them from decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders, which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Amen. For a little bit tonight, I want to talk to you on the topic, bringing order into the church. Bringing order into the church. Of course, we know tonight that the book of Acts is called just that because it describes the acts of the apostles of Jesus Christ. Amen. The book of Acts is a history, the development and growth of the early church. Amen. If you want to know how the church was established or how it came into existence, we can start in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, which describes to us the beginning of the church of Jesus Christ. As we know it today. Now the reason I'm referring to this particular book. Or this particular scripture reading tonight. Amen. Is because I want to show you through God's word. The responsibility that we have as a growing church. Amen. Some people as they read the book of Acts. They say to themselves. What an exciting time to have lived in during this time. Amen. And many people desire to live back in the book of Acts. And. Uh, uh, they desire to live back in that church era. But listen to me tonight. We are still in the book of Acts. Amen. Praise God. Today, we continue writing because the book of Acts are the acts of God's church. Amen. We are God's church. And so we continue, amen, uh, writing the pages that were left by the church of old. Now, on the day of Pentecost, or on the day the church began, which was the day of Pentecost, amen, there were 120 that were up in the upper room, the Bible tells us. And they were endued with power from on high. Now, too many people have the idea that the church began on the day of Pentecost with that 120, and that's all there was to it. But as we continue to read, the day of Pentecost wasn't over just yet. Amen. It was still early, and according to uh, the Apostle Peter, it was but the third hour of the day, the Bible says. Amen. And so we read in the, uh, the second chapter 
Uh, here, Peter records uh, where uh, he preached the message of repentance and, and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the need of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But what we need to understand tonight is that Peter's message did not stop in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says in Acts 2, chapter 40 and 41, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Amen. Praise God. And so we see that on the day of Pentecost alone, that the book of Acts records that approximately 3,120 souls were saved as a church began on the day of Pentecost with revival. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But notice with me tonight, revival did not stop on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Of course, revival began with the 120 in an upper room that believed and tarried there for approximately 10 days. Amen. But they waited on God and God sent his spirit. And the Bible says there came a rushing mighty wind and it filled the upper room and they were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so we see the beginning of the church. We see the beginning of the church begins with revival. Amen. But revival doesn't stop there on the day of Pentecost. Revival continues. The book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42, our scripture reading tells us that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Amen. The Bible says that the people continued in the doctrine and that they fellowship and break bread together and prayed one with another. Amen. Now let me stop here for a moment to say that when the message was preached, and the people received it. It became part of their life. It became their lifestyle. Amen. Whatever they were before, they were not anymore because of God's work. What they used to do, what they used to be, amen, they stopped doing. They changed their way of living. Amen. When we come to God, amen, God's word, which has the power to change and, and transform us, it should do just that. Amen. I don't believe that we cannot. Or better yet, we should not continue to live the same way that we lived before we met Christ. When God's word takes effect in our lives, when God's word is presented, the gospel is presented to us, amen, uh, there should be an audible change within our lives. The Bible says that when they received the gospel back on the day of Pentecost, that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. When they received the word, they embraced it. And it became their way of living. Amen. Praise God. When was the last time that you've embraced the word of God? Amen. Praise God. When was the last time that you allowed God's word to transform you and change you and go down into your heart and just begin to just tear you apart? That's the power of God's word tonight. Amen. Praise God. God's word needs to transform us and change us. Paul, in writing to the book, or to the church of, at Rome, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Be ye not conformed to this world, Paul said. Amen. But be ye transformed. Amen. That's what we're talking about. 
The power of the word of God is able to transform us tonight. Now, when Jesus went in search of the 12 apostles, amen, he found them doing things that they loved to do. A good number of them were fishermen. Peter and Andrew, amen, the Bible talks about them. When Jesus came calling, he said these words to them. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Amen. In other words, I'm going to transform you into something other than what you're used to being. Amen. Praise God. Somebody needs to look at their neighbor tonight and say, thank God I'm not what I used to be. Amen. I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm not a drug addict. Amen. Praise God. I've been changed and renewed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for his word tonight. Amen. Praise God. You see, God's word has a power to transform. And as we look to the day of Pentecost, when they received God's word, they became transformed according to the word of God. Amen. But hear me tonight. This transformation did not dwindle away with time, but it sustained. The Bible says they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Not only the doctrine of repentance and baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but again, I say salvation goes beyond Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Amen. Praise God. The disciple preached about living a separated life. They preached holy living for God and being different. They taught the principles that Jesus taught them when he walked amongst them. And the Bible says here that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. This doesn't mean they made up their own doctrine or that they conformed to the standards of living set by those around them. No, they followed the teachings and the principles of Jesus Christ. The Bible again said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Listen to me tonight, church of God. I know that sometimes, amen, it gets old living up to the standards that God has given us through his word. But we need to be careful tonight that we don't conform ourselves to the standards of the world. Amen. And we need to be even more careful that we don't conform ourselves to the standards of other churches and what religion has to say. Because too many churches today have lowered their standards and they've compromised the doctrine given to us in his written word tonight. It was said of the early church that they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. Amen. The word that was preached out, they embraced it. They loved it. They cherished it. Amen. Praise God. And I can't help but make emphasis uh, on this enough tonight that the success of the early church came to be because there was a group of believers tonight uh, or back then who were steadfast and unmovable in the teaching of Jesus Christ. What happens when we get a hold of the word of God? God is able to change the heart of man. He's able to change our desires. He's able to change our walk and our talk. And we become different. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. There was a group of believers who were steadfast and immovable in the teaching of the apostles. Amen. How many have heard the same? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Amen. Praise God. Well, then why can't we apply this to the church today? But work back when the church first began. It still works today. Amen. Praise God. What the church lacks today is a fear and fervency of God. Amen. Praise God. What the church lacks today is a fear of God and the fervency of God that will push us and strive us. Amen. Into lo loving God and loving his word today. Amen. 
The church lacks today is people, amen, that have committed themselves to continue steadfastly in the doctrine of Jesus Christ, amen. As things begin to happen in churches today, in society, amen, when things begin to attack our church, amen, we know that the enemy is out to destroy the church of God, amen. And when things begin to happen, I begin to ask God, why is the church going through the things that it is going through? You see, as a pastor, it's my position to keep the church at a certain place. As a shepherd of the sheep, I've got to search for any danger signs that, that might exist that will bring harm to the flock and to the church of God. Amen. And as I look out even tonight, I'm bothered by some things that have made their way into the church. Amen. We're talking tonight about bringing order into the church. Amen. Before we went, it's been a little while now, before we went to Jubilee, I began to analyze things. And I sat back thinking to myself, where are the souls that were coming to the house of the Lord? And as I looked out to the congregation, amen, I thought to myself, Lord, for a while there, uh, we were getting pl uh, to the place here where we were packed out. And we were even talking about knocking down the, the walls back there. And, and we needed to do some things because people were just coming from God knows where, amen, praise God. But before we went to Jubilee, I remember sitting back here as the service was going on and seeing the empty chairs and, and empty pews, amen, and people were not here and, and people from the local church were missing and, and souls weren't here in church, amen, and even good people in the church were missing church for no apparent reason. At least I didn't get a phone call, amen, praise God. And God pricked my heart and said, before I can bring souls into the church, the church has got to get themselves together first. You see, yes, God can bring a harvest of souls into this place. And too many times we get all caught up in the worship. We got an awesome worship ministry in this church. But if souls walk in and feel the presence of God and they don't look too different from the, the way that we look, then they'll become satisfied worshiping right along with us without a change. Amen. And I believe that when that happens, we have done them an injustice. Amen. God is looking for a group of people tonight who will not only worship him in spirit, but also worship him in truth. Amen. The Bible says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Amen. Praise God. I refuse tonight to be like any other church. Amen. I refuse to be like the church down the street or across town. Amen. Just because I've got Acts chapter 2 verse 38, it doesn't mean I've got it made. Amen. It goes beyond that. Praise God. We've got to be different. We've got to live by what God's word has to say. That's what makes us different today. And I'm not saying that we're better than anybody else. But what makes us different is that we worship him, not only in spirit, but we worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. That's what makes the difference tonight. That's what brings order into the church of God. Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? Well, let me say it. Loud and clear tonight. Amen. I've got something to say. Amen. Something that the Lord has impressed in my heart tonight for the church of God. I've stood behind this pulpit. And I have presented and showed you through God's word.
the doctrine given us through his word. Amen. And yet many sit here tonight and have disregarded the very teachings and this very doctrine given to us through the word of God. Amen. We've made it perfectly clear in this church. Amen. Through the word of God, what is acceptable and is what, what is not acceptable in the eyes of God. Amen. But even as we look throughout this congregation, even tonight, I see some things that are very different. Things that shouldn't exist within the church of God. Amen. Remember, I'm talking to you tonight about bringing order into the church of God. Amen. We've taught unholiness. We've taught on baptism in Jesus' name. We've taught about repentance. Amen. We've taught about receiving the Holy Ghost. And we've taught about the spirits that are seducing. Amen. Trying to take us out. We've talked about the holiness issues, the standards in the church. Amen. But some of those things are being disregarded today. We've taught about the cutting of the hair. And how the Bible clearly and emphatically teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 15. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. We stood behind this very pulpit. Amen. We've taught using the Bible as a God guideline about the cutting and trimming of the hair. The Bible clearly says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 6, that a woman's head should not be shorn. And the word shorn here means trim. In other words, you can't even trim your hair, amen, and yet some have disregarded the teachings from the word of God. We've taught about modest apparel and dressing appropriately. And we've taught how 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9 states that a woman should adorn themselves in modest apparel. But my God, when some of you walk into this church, it's hard to tell if you're a saint or if you're an ain't tonight, amen. Praise God. You think I'm kidding you? Recently I had a backslider visit this local church. And she made the statement, I didn't know that you allowed the sisters in your church to dress like that. And I didn't know you allowed them to wear all that stuff on their nails. And you know my answer to her was, uh, we, don't, we don't allow it, amen. But as I looked out, I saw what she was talking about. And there was no denying the fact. Another individual transferred over from another church. When the pastor found out what church they were transferring to, he said, Apostolic Faith Center, isn't that the church where the pastor allows the women to cut their hair and dress immodestly and still be called saved? Amen. What does that tell me tonight? There are some who have disregarded the teachings from the word of God. And you sit here tonight. Bringing dishonor to God. And bringing dishonor to this church. And to your husband. And to your father. And to your home tonight. I'm talking about bringing order. Into the house of God. And you confuse those who walk through the very doors of this church. And I sit here and I wonder why God. Where are the souls that you promised us God. Where are the people God that need you Lord. Uh, God said hold on just a minute pastor. There's some things going on in the church. Uh, that you need to attend to amen. There's some issues of holiness standards amen. Uh, sure we got the worship. Uh, sure we got it pat down. Uh, and we sing our praises unto God. Uh, but where is our holiness tonight? Uh, where is our separation uh, from the rest of the world 
It's time to get our house in order. It was said of the early church that they continued steadfastly in the doctrine of Jesus Christ. We need to put things in order within the church of God tonight. I don't mean to disrespect anybody here tonight, but it's a sad situation when the pastor has to do the job of a husband. Husbands, how do you let your wife leave the house dressed the way she does? Are you so blind that you don't see it? Maybe she's trying to get your attention, amen. Now watch out. Whose attention is she trying to get, amen? Husbands, it's time to step up, amen, and pull our wives to a side and say, honey, you can't walk out of the doors of the house dressed like that, amen. Uh, it's time to put our houses back in order tonight. Praise God. I'm talking about bringing order into the church of God. Amen. There are things going on, amen, that we need to tend to tonight. Some of you sisters, you need to watch out when you sit down with those skirts that you wear with the slits all the way up in the front. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. Showing all of your glory, amen. Who are you trying to impress anyways, amen? Whose attention are you trying to attract, amen? If you're not here to attract the attention of God, uh, then you're just wasting your time, amen. You need to get right with God and start living for God the way God called us to in this place. Mm. Bringing order back into the church. It's time to get rid of that stuff. Pick that junk off your nails. Stop painting your toenails. Loosen up on them clothes. Amen. Start looking like a godly individual. The Bible says they continue steadfastly on the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Amen. The apostles not only taught Acts 2.38, they don't only teach repentance and baptism and Holy Ghost, but they teach holy living. And the Bible says that the early church, amen, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, amen. I want you to notice with me that it goes beyond that and it says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Notice the scripture here tonight says, and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Fellowship means that they assembled together. They ate together. They prayed one with another. Let me tell you, this is a sign of a healthy church. I don't believe that the church should only be a place where we gather to worship. Although this is our priority, this is our purpose tonight. But the church should be more than just that. It's a place where we need to be. Amen. You know, it's really sad that there's some folk that are unfaithful to the house of God. Amen. Praise God. Some people have made the house of the Lord a secondary thing in their life, when the house of the Lord should take priority, amen, it should take dominance, praise God. The writer of the book of Hebrews puts it like this, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Let me tell you tonight, I will go as far as to say that if you are baptized in Jesus' name, and if you're a member of Apostolic Faith Center, 
It is a sin for you to be saved and not attend church on a regular basis. Amen. Praise God. It's a sin for you not to attend church on a regular basis. Some of you are here less than you are not here. Amen. Praise God. It, I can count on one hand the, time, uh, the times that you're here in the house of the Lord and you call yourself saved. Acts 2.38 doesn't save you, amen. It go, there's something else that follows that. You've got to be faithful to the house of the Lord. You've got to come to the house of the Lord and receive faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible goes on to say without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so what I interpret the scripture to say, amen, in order to please God, you've got to have faith. And in order to have faith, you've got to hear the word of God. And the word of God is preached from behind this sacred desk. And we got people, amen, that don't come to the house of God. Amen. Maybe your job has taken preeminence or, or maybe your lifestyle or, or maybe you say, you know what? I don't need to go to church Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I can pick my days when I go to the house of the Lord. Somebody says, well, I read the word of God and I just don't like any preacher shoving things down my throat. And I don't like the way the church, uh, they function. And I don't like the commission. And I don't like, amen, paying tithes and giving offerings and paying dues. It's not biblical. And we use excuses why we don't come to the house of the Lord. But since we're on the issue of the early church and how it began, let me tell you that when men first received the gospel of Jesus Christ, they were so transformed by what they had received that they were willing to do anything and everything to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. If you read the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to find various times where people sold everything that they had. Amen. They left their worldly possession and they followed Jesus Christ. Praise God. They were sold out. The book of Matthew's gospel records the story of a rich young ruler which had received the gospel of Jesus. He came to Jesus one day and asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him he must obey the law of the Ten Commandments. And this young man assured Jesus that he had done so since his childhood. When Jesus told him, well then go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And come follow me, and then thou shalt have treasures in heaven. The Bible says that this young man, he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions and he wasn't willing to part with him. And so he rejected Jesus and an opportunity for eternal life. Amen. How sad it is today that like this rich young ruler, there are many who have rejected God and eternal life. And for a whole lot less than this young man. Amen. Those who complain about having to come to church so much. And, and oh, I'm not going to come to prayer. And I'm not going to come to Sunday school. And I'm not going to come to Bible study. It's not all that important. Amen. But who knows, amen, when you're going through your deepest trial in your life. Amen. You might need that Wednesday Bible study. Amen. Somebody told me the other day, Pastor, that was a good Bible study you gave. But I'm not going through that right now. A few weeks later, they came to me and said, Pastor, that Bible study you gave a couple weeks ago, I didn't know I was going to need it. Amen. How many know tonight that it's not what you receive tonight, but you store these things up and it builds your faith in God? 
The ones that miss church, the ones that don't have that, that, that every day, amen, that, that routine of coming to the house of the Lord. There's the one that always struggling. Oh, pastor, I'm going through marital problems. I'm going through financial distress. I'm going through this and I'm going through that. Well, if you were in the house of the Lord, amen, how many appreciated God's word on Sunday? Man, did we have a time on Sunday or what? There were some people that weren't here that should have been here on Sunday that are not going to receive their blessing because they were not in the house of God. Praise God. And I looked throughout the congregation on Sunday. I said, so-and-so needs this message. Where are they at? And they were nowhere to be found. Amen. Oh, pastor, I just thought I'd take a break this week. You know, I've been working hard at the job, and I've been working overtime, and, and you know, I'm just a little bit tired, and I just thought I'd spend a little time with my family. And boy, did you miss out on Sunday. Amen. You can buy the CD, you can buy the tape, man, but it won't do justice the presence of God that was prevalent in this place on Sunday. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We complain about having to come to church. We complain, amen, like this rich young ruler, amen, when uh, Jesus told him, sell everything you have and give to the poor. There are people here that complain about a whole lot less than that. 10%? I'm not going to pay 10% of what I make. Back in the early church, they were sold out by the word of God that they were willing to sell everything that they had and follow Jesus Christ. And God, all he asks us is for 10%, and we complain. You know, I know people that have left God for the tithe. I know people who have left God and said, you know what? I don't want to be part of the church because I don't want to give. You know, there are people here tonight that are sitting in this place that don't believe in a biblical tithe. Amen. Do you know that? Amen. That's ungodly. That goes against the word of, a, of God. The Bible says, will a man rob me? Where will he rob me? In tithes and offerings. Your tithe doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. Amen. Praise God. We've got to get our house in order tonight. When I was young, pastor used to call these salad messages. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. We're just throwing it all together and mixing it in. We're getting everybody tonight. Amen. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. We're getting everybody Complain about paying your tithes. Complain about giving offerings. Amen. Complain about giving here and giving there. Amen. How about before you came to God? Amen. You'd come home from work on Friday, cash your check, go home drunk, peed all over yourself, and not have a penny to spend on Monday. But it didn't bother you much. Amen. Praise God. You do the same thing the following week, and now you come to the house of God, and you got your right mind. You got your children in one place. They're here praising God. You got salvation, and all you do is complain about what you got to give God <laughs> amen it's time to get our houses in order amen praise God complaining about having to go to church Sundays Sunday school amen Sunday worship service Wednesday Bible study Friday night worship when do I have set time for myself Amen. I'm sure God understands. I've got other priorities. Amen. I had a man recently say, the reason I can't attend church on a regular basis is because I'm providing for my family. Amen. Even got a little defensive and said, well, doesn't the Bible tell me that we're to take care of our wives and our children and provide for them? 
Isn't that just like many of us here tonight? Make excuses why we don't do certain things for God. We use the excuse that God understands. But this one individual that I speak about today is a prime example of what happens when we do not honor God first and above everything else. Amen. Today this man has lost everything. He's lost his wife. He's lost his children. He's lost the beautiful home that he worked so hard for, that he purchased for his family. It's all been lost. Amen. And if you speak to him today, you'll see that he's in a miserable condition today because he thought that he had it figured all out and that he could take from God's time to fulfill his own selfish desires. Somebody says, Pastor, don't be so cruel. It's not me tonight. I'm telling you what the Bible has to say about life. And about putting things into their proper perspective. I want to bring order back into your life. Amen. I want to bring order back into this church. It's my responsibility as a pastor. Amen. To bring order into the house of the Lord tonight. You know I'm human just like everyone else here tonight. And I get tired and I get weary sometimes. The times I go through financial difficulties. I say, man, I wish I can go do me a side job or, or get some money somewhere, amen. But when I feel like I've got to take things uh, into my own hands and when I get tired of doing right, one scripture comes to mind. The book of Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 31, the Bible says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And check out verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. That's when faith steps in. Faith steps in, amen, when you ain't got no money in the bank. When you got no food in the refrigerator and you got four starving children and you say, I've got to get myself to the house of the Lord. Uh, I've got to get to the house of God uh, that I might receive my blessing uh, from God tonight. Don't ever take away from God for your own benefit. If you are a member of this church tonight, you're required to be here every time we have service. Revival meetings, conferences, men's meetings. If you're in the men's group, it's an honor and privilege. And you won't know it until you can't come to the house of the Lord. You go to Sister Sherry's bedside right now. She'll tell you what a privilege you have to come into the house of the Lord. It's not until you're stricken in your bed uh, and your health isn't good that you can't come to the house of God. Uh, that you realize the great opportunity and blessing you have to be in the house of God. The Bible says an early church continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, continually with one accord in the temple. Amen. I love the way King David puts it, and I quote this scripture quite often. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. 
You see, as a pastor, I can't chase you down. I can't force you to come to the house of God. Uh, and I probably won't even call you many times. Uh, you're not little children. Uh, I just place you in the hands of the Lord. Uh, and I allow God to deal with you. Um, and watch out when God begins to deal uh, with his people on a one-to-one -one basis. Let me tell you, as mean as you think Pastor Frank is, I'm not all that bad when you consider having to deal with a God of anger and a God of wrath. The children of Israel viewed him, according to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 21, as a mighty God and terrible. They viewed him in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10, as a God of wrath, a God of judgment. They said, Moses, you deal with God. They said to Moses, speak thou with us, and we will hear you. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Amen. I want you to know that in the days of old, God sent men who were called prophets to intercede for the people. Amen. I want you to know tonight that to the church, God has given, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, He's given some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Tonight we're speaking about putting order into the church. We're in the book of Acts tonight speaking about the order of the church. The 16th chapter the same book of Acts records that God's church was growing by astounding proportions. The book of Acts chapter 16 verses 4 and 5. It says, and as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Amen. What an exciting time for the early church to be growing at an incredible rate. And as I look at the early church and compare or desire to be like them, God has to bring me down and shows me that if he, uh, he will not give us the increase unless we as a people can handle it. Listen to me, Apostolic Faith Center. It's time to get this church back in order. Amen. We will not increase or reach our potential unless we are up to the task. Amen. Praise God. Church growth, it's time to get ready. Reacquire the burden you had a few months ago. Let's get back to feeding the hungry and tending to the needs of those uh, that are hurting. Amen. Uh, we need to step up to the plate. Amen. Uh, what an exciting time uh, we're living in today. Uh, God doesn't change. Uh, he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. Uh, and He's the same to, uh, forever. Praise God. Uh, it's we that have changed. Amen. Uh, is it possible? Like the church of old. Amen. Uh, we have strayed away from the doctrine. The angel of the church writes, One thing have I against you, that you have less lost your first love. We've got to get back to the basics. 
putting our priorities in order, amen. Um, what an exciting time we're living in today. Um, and as a church grows, amen, the 16th chapter of the book of Acts tells us uh, that they went through the cities and delivered them uh, the decrees for to keep uh, and were ordained of the apostles and elders uh, which were at Jerusalem. The church began to grow. The 12 apostles, amen, uh, it was too much work for them. Uh, they would go through the Western Europe or, or the world and they would go and preach the gospel. Uh, they would establish a church uh, and they would go to the next city uh, and preach revival, amen. Uh, that's what's happening today, amen. Uh, I believe that this church apostolic faith center uh, is going through a time, amen, uh, where we need to get our house in order uh, because God is about to bless his church uh, like never before. Hallelujah. It's been about three and a half years that God has burned it in our heart to come to Peoria, Arizona to begin this work. Brother Jaime, will you help me tonight as we come to a close? I know that Apostolic Faith Center is of God. Never been a doubt in my mind that God has called this church for a divine purpose. God has been good to us. God has been good to us, church. All you've got to do is look around you and see the transformation to the word of God. Amen. All you've got to do is look at your neighbor. And maybe you don't even have to look at your neighbor. All you've got to look, do is look to your inner self and say a few years ago, maybe three years ago, or three and a half years ago, I wasn't in my right mind. I was in a backslidden condition. And look at me now. Because God touched somebody's heart. God has planted a church in this designated place to reach your soul, to reach your heart. But as the work continues, I want you to know that God is preparing the church for a new dimension. I have never talked to the church and told the church from behind this pulpit of our situation. We are an apostolic church, an independent apostolic church. I am the only ordained minister in this local congregation. And we've been here three and a half years and God has been good to us. We have done things in order from the day that we've gotten here. We have sought the perfect will of God. We've asked for God's direction. There are some things that we wanted to do when we first got here that God said, no, it's not time. But I've heard from the Lord. The Lord said it's time to put the church in order. I talked to Brother Duarte, our assistant pastor. And the Lord has burdened within my heart. We just received our incorporation process. And in that corporation process, we have the capability of bringing up men into the ministry. And for the last three and a half years, and even longer than that, before we have even gotten to this place, Apostolic Faith Center, 
God began working with the young man, with Duarte, to put a fire within his heart. And he has been working in the capacity of assistant pastor for the last three and a half years. And now the Lord said, it's time to put your house in order. This coming Friday, we call Pastor Hernandez to come down from California and preach to us in our first ordination service here at Apostolic Faith Center. And I want to let the church know tonight that as I preach about putting things into order, the Bible speaks about the ministry and how the church has been given as a gift, the ministry. The ministry is a solemn, it's a very delicate position. It's the highest calling from God. Brother Duarte has fulfilled his obligations. It was set aside some years ago, according to the constitution of the apostolic church. Now this Friday, we're going to ordain him into the ministry. And I'm proud to be part of Brother Duarte's ministry. Amen. thing about brother Danny is he's so real amen what you see is what you get and I thank God for a tremendous assistant pastor and Friday night he's going to take the vows of the ministry as we anoint him with oil and he will take the office of the ministry we also have a couple other young men in this church that will be set aside for the ministry for a period of two years they will be put on a probationary period working as deacons in this local church. For two years, they will fulfill their obligations as deacons of this local church. Not that they haven't been doing it already, but God has really impressed in my heart these two men that have been servants, not only to me, but to this church. We're putting things in order tonight. I need help. I need ministers. I need people that are going to step up out of the ordinary and say, Pastor, what do you need, Pastor? Apostolic Base Center, God has blessed you with men and women in this church. Amen. Uh, that got a burden. Amen. Uh, that are rising above the rest. Uh, that are stepping up uh, into a place uh, of ministry tonight. God has blessed us. I said, God has blessed us, church. God's been good to me. I've been good to you. I've been good to this church. We shouldn't even be here tonight. But look how far we've come. Look how far God has brought us from. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning tonight. God is putting things into perspective uh, for Apostolic Faith Center.
thank you, Jesus. And we give God the glory tonight. I said we give God all the glory and all the honor. Isn't God good? I said, isn't God good? Oh, where would I be without Jesus tonight? Where would I be without God? Hallelujah. I'm glad I find myself in God's house tonight. Uh, I'm glad he's given me another opportunity. Uh, if I haven't been living right, uh, I can start today. Uh, I can start right here. I can start right now, tonight. God is looking for faithful individuals. That maybe you haven't been living right for God. Maybe you haven't been faithful to God. Maybe you haven't been faithful to the house of the Lord. Maybe you haven't been faithful in giving of yourself uh, and coming to church and, and giving of your tithes and your offerings uh, unto God. Uh, tonight you need to make a covenant with